We'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for September 27, 2021. Uh, a ton to cover today. I'm getting a super late start tonight, so I'm going to go ahead and just get right into the uh, warfare prayers that we rotate. List. This is the list of current event prayer points where we really list everything out. Uh, so I'm going to just start us out here. Father God, which are in heaven, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for you to expose and destroy the great reset agenda worldwide designed to bring in the new world order and to expose and destroy the COVID-19 agenda worldwide with all of its big brother agendas like forced mask wearing, DNA defiling vaccinations with microchips, contact tracing, COVID-19 digital passports, and for God's judgment and destruction to be on the vaccine and medical cartels, and that Operation Warp Speed would be annihilated, exposed, and destroyed, and to thwart any deep state false flag attacks in order to blame anti-vaxxers, Christians, or gun owners. And also, Lord God, we pray regarding the body of Christ, we pray for strength, endurance, courage, divine providence, and guidance, favor, and the power to overcome all this wickedness that is increasing by the day. We pray for the destruction of CERN and all the other 30,000 plus particle colliders worldwide and the destruction of all D-Wave quantum computers and for the eradication of every wicked portal or doorway these devices and all witchcraft taking place in the universe have opened and all dark matter that they have created would be destroyed and for the reversal of every Mandela effect that has been produced and that every devil, demon, evil entity or fallen angel that has entered in through these portals be bound up and cast into the abyss until which time they then be cast into the lake of fire and that no other evil entities can come to take their place. We pray for the destruction of the wicked plans of this current evil American political administration and for the fear of God to be upon both the Democrats and the and the Republicans and if they will not repent of their wickedness that God would hedge up their way with thorns and have them in total confusion and derision and that they would turn on each other and devour one another and against every level of government that has been hijacked by this wickedness and for the destruction of the Chinese Communist Chinese Party plans for taking over America Mexico and Canada for the eradication of groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa also, Lord, for the um, Chinese planes for taking over anywhere they're trying to take over. Taiwan, Australia, New Zealand as well, Lord. And also for the eradication of groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa. For the diverting of any income asteroids or meteors that might hit the Earth. Uh, Lord, also for the, uh, the Canary Islands regarding this uh, earthquake. Uh, the, the volcanic eruptions that are going on there right now. Uh, that, Lord, that that would not be able to accomplish any kind of satanic purpose regarding that, regarding creating, creating like a giant tsunami. Uh, for the diverting, uh, for, for God's intervention regarding the Second Amendment and the disarmament gun confiscation situation developing in the U.S. and elsewhere. For God's intervention regarding the coming food and water shortages and the honeybee die-off worldwide. For the stoppage of all U.N. troops already in America and elsewhere. For God's intervention regarding all weather warfare to destroy crop yields and create famine. For God's intervention regarding the wildfires caused by directed energy weapon attacks and all the wicked plans surrounding this to be destroyed. For the defense, protection, and victory of all Christians worldwide, especially the persecuted, and also all the targeted individuals worldwide. For the eradication of all uh, uh, pandemic plagues worldwide. For the destruction of the exploding GMO weaponized tick and mosquito populations everywhere. For the stoppage of all illegal alien terrorist embedded soldier caravans coming up through the U.S. southern border. And for the stoppage and exposure of the Latin American, Chinese, Russian, and Muslim fifth column sleeper cells 
uh, embedded in America and elsewhere for the destruction of the 5G and 6G radiation sources and the thousands of satellites being launched, sending intense microwave radiation over the entire Earth, specifically for God's judgment on the companies of SpaceX, OneWeb, T-Telesat, AST and Science, and OmniSpace, because they're the ones putting these things out, Lord, and for the physical protection of our families and animals from these EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies. For all Christians to wake up and spread the gospel and push back against all their freedoms being taken away, for the destruction of the 501c3 FEMA clergy response teams being activated in America to betray and destroy the Christians and that they would be exposed, we pray against the slaughter of Christians worldwide and the innocent, and for the eradication and exposure of all pedivore, pedopredator, and all child sex trafficking networks worldwide. We pray for the destruction of all adrenochrome harvesting complexes worldwide, um, and for the rescue of all the children in prison in the satanic torture centers, uh, and for the destruction of the LGBTQ movement and against the normalization of all child molestation and sexualization of teens, children, and babies, for the protection of all infants, children, teenagers, and adults caught in these evil networks, for the eradication of all adult and child pornography, bestiality pornography, and snuff film sources and businesses, for the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Way, for the eradication of all abortion clinics and Planned Parenthood centers worldwide, and the stripping of all powers of witchcraft from their owners and employees, for the eradication of all witchcraft being done worldwide to try to bring in more evil death and destruction against the internet kill switch implementation for the destruction of the plans and wickedness of the high-level politicians everywhere for the destruction of the mandatory vaccination mandates uh, being implemented and that the truth would come out regarding them for the destruction of the wicked factions of the modern med medical cartels uh, the pharmaceutical and vaccine industries for the masses to get saved and have eyes to see ears to hear and hearts to receive the truth we pray against the full implementation of the real id 2023 and for the stoppage of the south african genocide of whites and genocide of blacks in Amer in africa for god to neutralize and stop the fukushima nuclear radiation contamination and um all where wherever nuclear radiation reactors are breaking down worldwide for the canceling of any big brother draconian changes taking place worldwide against further vote rigging in the elections everywhere taking place for the stoppage and exposure of the muslim invasion of europe america and canada and for the eradication worldwide of all planned deep state and muslim false flag events everywhere for the eradication of all chemtrail programs nextrad doppler ultrasound weather manipulation and nasa blast wave accelerators for the destruction of all wickedness being perpetuated by hollywood netflix amazon google facebook twitter instagram youtube and all the tech giants in the dominant Streaming content producers for the destruction of any non-human entities that walk among, defile, exploit, murder, or infiltrate humanity. For the pop culture, rap, and rap music industries, uh, wherever there's wicked music being produced, Lord, for that to be eradicated. For the eradication of the Vatican, the Pope, and Catholicism, and that the Catholics in them would be saved. For the destruction of the global banking cartels and the 13 families of the Illuminati for all satanic ritual abuse and MK Ultra mind control victims, that they be delivered, saved, and protected from the satanic agenda that has been implemented against them. And for the wicked factions of the public universities and public school systems to be turned to righteousness. And then also, Lord, for you to deactivate, neutralize, destroy, and purge any and all COVID-19 vaccine spike proteins 
nanobots, nanoparticles, nanotech, graphene oxide, microchips, implants, hydrogel, wicked bacteria, viruses, candida, prions, and parasites in or on our bodies, and to deactivate, neutralize, destroy, and purge any other wicked things the globalist elite may have gotten into our bodies. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay, so we got that. Sorry, I was a little bit choppy there. Um, all right, so the first thing, before we kind of get into the more of the current events, I heard this this week, and I, I kind of like to try to start out most of the studies with some type of thing that relates to Christianity. Um, and I got a lot to cover today, but I heard Alex Jones say this this week, and I, I just, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And right now my file on him is up to 46 pages. Now, I understand, I, I'm probably going to play clips from Alex Jones, of that show at least. I mean, some of it's his other um, uh, people that are covering Kurt Evetz. I mean, when you've got a staff that big and you can be on top of certain things that are easily verifiable, I'm going to use him much the same way I would use other news sources out there. It doesn't mean I'm necessarily endorsing them, especially not his warped, weird uh, Christian belief system, uh, or he has his belief system regarding Christianity. Because I believe it to be very warped. He he brings in people like David Icke, who is, I mean, the, the guy couldn't hate Jesus Christ more if he tried. He's I've heard many things regarding that. He lumps all religion into one, doesn't separate Bible believing, demonizes every bit of it. Says that you know whatever it's it's a all religion is a, is a satanic mechanism of control of, and most of it is. I agree with that. But he's throwing the baby out with the bathwater because it's very convenient for his weird theology and. Um, you know, Alex Jones has him on quite a bit. The guy, when he first came out, said that he was Jesus Christ incarnated, reincarnated. Okay, then he was such a laughing stock that he kind of dropped that, kind of went out of the spotlight for, I don't know, a little while, and then came back, rebranded himself with what he's doing now. Now, I'm not saying there's not a lot you can't glean from David Icke, but you sure don't want to follow that guy because he's going to lead you straight to hellfire. And Alex Jones, I really believe is similar in that regard because of the some of the stuff that he says is so and does is so incredibly satanic and i mean flat out overt satanic and he'll he'll act like he's the best you know on fire christian for god and then he'll throw in the most satanic zingers and remember the bible says a little leaven leaven at the whole lump and there's a lot of leaven with what he's doing Okay, so Alex Jones blasphemy alert proclaims having your third eye opened is wonderful and that the third eye is the Holy Spirit of God. Just said it this week. I, I almost lost this because it was like commingled in one of his big gigantic reports. I had to go back and have it playing in the background. I don't even know how long until I finally isolated this clip again. And because I really got convicted, I believe, by the Holy Spirit. Because when you're calling the third eye the Holy Spirit of God, that's blasphemy. That is blasphemy. I mean, that is... Because we're going to look at what having your third eye open really means. We He's going to tell you his version of it. This is, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death version. Alex Jones, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know? He's got his own little created religion, which is what most people do. They don't go by, by what the word of God. They, got, they go by a little bit of the word of God or what they like. 
They don't spend time in the Word of God. They're, they're, they're not like the Bereans, which were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they sought the things out in the Scripture to, be, to see if they were so. He doesn't do that. It's very obvious he does not do And I'm not saying that because I think I'm so much better. I'm just saying it's obvious he doesn't do it. And when you're throwing these things out there, from a theological standpoint, you better make sure when you have millions of listeners that what you're giving your listeners is biblically accurate. Because you're going to have to stand before God and give an account regarding all of that. And I, I just couldn't believe what he said the other day. I'm, I'm going to play the clip here. Okay, so I, I, find, I mean, yeah, it's literally 90, over 96 minutes into this broadcast. That's why it was so hard for me to refine it again. Because I'll have things playing in the background as I'm doing research and things of this to see if there's anything noteworthy i want to add into my teaching and this is how i spend my whole week typically just doing that and he's talking about some photo here and i'm just going to let him talk here regarding this subject um it's about a about a two minute clip here it's a bunch of so-called movie stars and and, and and quote hip-hop and music stars doing the illuminati one eye where they put their you know index and thumb together and the other three fingers sticking out yeah now that symbolizes occultism and Satanism. And well, it symbolizes 666 because that's the OK symbol. You know the OK symbol? Well, they do it over their eye, over one eye, emphasizing the one eye. There's all kind of pictures that, that, that the Illuminati puts out in advertising and movies and music videos and, and I'm sure magazines where you'll see like all these people here, uh, Justin Bieber and... and um, uh Nicki minaj i think and i don't know a lot of i i don't know the the name but they're all like a-lister actors and they're all doing the okay sign now what does the okay sign mean well it's six 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 if you look at the okay sign you've got the the circle you're making with your thumb and your index finger and then you've got the other three fingers sticking sticking up so from the side it looks like three sixes okay and that's why that's what it's supposed to look like. Now they're they're taking it even further, and they're um, they're putting it over one of their eyes, okay. Which now you're getting into, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot there. There's multiple layers of of meaning. Yeah, you could talk about the third eye. You could talk about the the um, the all knowing eye of the Illuminati of Lucifer. But I, I think a lot of that is, and as we're going to see, is kind of commingled in their meanings. But this is one of the most blasphemous things you could really do. You've got the 666 symbol over one of your eyes, representing like the eye of Horus. Um, we're going we're gonna to look at that a little bit more. But this is what he's talking about in this picture. Luciferianism today. But really, God is connected to us through our third eye, our spirit which they now scientifically know is, you know, just an, an interface in our brain, but to a dimensional point beyond our... I'm not saying God didn't create the pineal gland, which is what the third eye is associated with. And I'm not saying that that is necessarily, obviously not a wicked thing. But in this regard, um, it's one of the highest levels of the Illuminati of attaining the opening of the third eye. Um it's very, very important from, a, from, a, from an occult standpoint. When you get your third eye open, generally speaking, what ends up happening is, is you can see into the spirit world, okay? Witches will get their third eye open and they can actually see who's a Christian and who's not. 
I've read many, many accounts of it. Okay, they'll um, they can actually see. I've I've heard accounts where witches will say if if it's a really weak Christian or like a baby Christian, they'll just have a little like they'll actually be able to see a little flame above them. They're, they're able to see into the spirit world. They're able to see demons and devils. They're able to probably see good angels. They've had their third eye open. This is something that you um, try to achieve in the occult, uh, depending on what you're trying to achieve, I imagine. It's very dangerous. It's something that obviously God would forbid. Now, I'm not saying, though, at the same time, that there's not been moments in the Bible where people have temporarily been able to see into the spirit world. Okay, that's true. That has happened where they're able to see, you know, angels and things. Like that. But it's typically always with some righteous person and it's for a, a brief time period. They're not just walking around, you know, able to see devils and demons and angels all the time. And, and this is why I get really leery when, when I see like, and it usually happens with the Pentecostals where it's like, oh, God told me this and God told me that. And, and I heard from God today and I had an angel visit me and do it. And these are the same types of people that typically will, will operate in the prophetic. And then they'll always, they'll give you all these date setting things and they never come to pass which means they weren't hearing from god which means they're some of the most deceived and deluded people that there are now i'm not saying you can't hear from god it's just that the people claiming to have this 24 7 you know doorway to god where they're hearing everything in audible voices and then operating in the prophetic i get very very leery of that in general i've been around a lot of that in the past i came out of the pentecostal charismatic movement and um, ultimately, I never saw it produce really good fruit. It was it was always something where they really went off the deep end when they were when they were claiming that they were operating in that dynamic. Now, again, I'm not saying that that hearing from God or having an angelic visitation or whatever, but even in the Bible, that wasn't like the norm. Okay, it wasn't the norm for the for the disciples to constantly walk around in in be in constant communication with angels or whatever and, and see into the spirit realm. It was something that was given um, typically um, sparingly, most likely via the Holy Spirit. And um, uh, meaning, you know, the Holy Spirit was, was letting this transpire type of thing. Uh, anyway, this is kind of the, the subject that we're talking about. Dimension. So they're all saying they're the Illuminati, they're illuminating, they have the third eye. So we then think illumination is bad, we then think the third eye is bad. They all have counterfeited that for Satan and are saying they're the third eye. They're saying they're the other dimension. They're saying they're the connection to God, but they're their opposite. They're the ones that don't have the connection to God. Well, I mean, obviously I agree with that, but where he's going with this is that they're where he's going with this is that we should all have our third eye open if they can have theirs open we need to have ours open but we're going to do it a good way we're going to and and there's no bible for it there's no bible for it at all the bible for it i just gave you sparing instances in the bible where people have had been able to see into the spirit world and i don't even want to call it having their third eye open i'm just saying god let them see into the spirit world okay um, because, but see, he's trying to commingle it. He's like a snake in the grass. This is, this is called the, the, why they call the, the serpent, the most subtle beast of the field. Okay. Because he's trying to make it sound like, oh, this is a really good thing that we should try to attain as Christians. They've stolen it from us and we need to take it back when there's no Bible telling us to try to take this back. 
okay? This is a very, very high level occult thing to have your third eye open. It is in, in it, it allows demon possession, I believe, at a level like probably nothing else you could do. So I wonder why Alex Jones is telling his listeners to get their third eyes open. I wonder who's motivating him to say those words. And I wonder how many people that follow him are going to look into this and actually try to attain this and find themselves totally demon possessed to the toenails and totally on team Satan which is where I believe he's on, and I believe he's gonna take his listeners if people follow this guy. They're the ones that have sold out to Satan. And most of them probably don't even have a clue what they're getting involved with until they see it firsthand. Uh, like that one young lady who talked about going to a Halloween party where they were taking your blood and said you can't have cell phones. Yeah, that's not how you open your third eye. That's how you open yourself up to demonic, low-level stuff. Oh, so he's gonna tell us how to open our third eye. He's gonna tell us how to do it the right way. Because he's acknowledging there's a wrong way. But he, if we follow Alex Jones, he is the religious guru now. He's got all this training, evidently, or he knows all these inside secrets with God. See, the problem is his pride. And he's full, he is a narcissistic devil full of pride. I mean, he, he can't hide it. Just listen to the guy when he, when he does his programs. He's always bragging about stuff. Then they'll say, well, I'm not bragging, though. You know, yes, you are, Alex. You constantly brag. You can't help it because you're most likely a sociopathic narcissist. Okay, that's how you roll. You are full of pride. It is. It comes out all the time. And when you get like that, you start thinking you're real special. You start thinking, I got an inside track with God. And here's what I think. And, and here's how you get your third eye open. And, and I know better because God wouldn't have given this all to me if I wasn't so special. The Bible says to do the opposite. To take heed lest you fall. To consider the pit from whence you were dug from. To not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Humble yourselves in, in, in the sight of God, in, in man. Okay? Though, though, what did Jesus say? Those that are greatest will be your servants. Those that are first will be last, and last will be first in heaven. So we're to seek the opposite. We're, we're to seek humility. But this guy thinks, literally believes, and says all the time that he is the tip of the spear. And he means the tip of the spear for God, is what he's saying. Because only InfoWars is putting out any kind of real level of truth. Only InfoWars, okay? I'll admit, they've got the biggest alternative platform on the planet. I'm not saying that. But is it based and grounded in, in true Bible-believing Christianity? No, it is not. Absolutely. I got 46 pages document on this guy, which will curl your toenails on all the wickedness that has surrounded this guy over the years. Now, there's, there is a lot you can glean from his broadcasts. I'm not saying that there's not, and there's a lot of people that are working with him that I'm not going to put them in that classification as I would put Alex Jones, okay? But I'm also, I've, I've issued many, many warnings about him, and this was probably one of the most egregious, blasphemous things I've ever heard him him say. I'm going to let him go on. He, this, we're, we're just, um, we got about another minute of him talking about this. If you open up the third eye, that's the Holy Spirit, folks. Then you're, you start seeing... Okay, so if you open up the third eye, that's the Holy Spirit, folks. Show me Bible for that statement. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit can't give you brief glimpses into the spirit world. 
But again, just an absolute asinine, biblically um, unbased, unbiblical statement that he just made. Blasphemy. And Jesus Christ talks about blaspheming the spirit, which is basically attributing, oh man, basically if you look in there, when they, when they talk about blaspheming the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, it's, it's basically this in a nutshell, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, when you attribute things that are of Satan to the Holy Spirit, when you give credit to the Holy Spirit for things that are satanic, that's basically blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Isn't that kind of what he just did? Now, I'm not saying that means he's on his, I don't, I don't want to judge his salvation or whatever, okay? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to say, oh, you're, you're going to burn in hellfire and all this other stuff. That's between him and God, okay? I pray that, that he repent. I pray to God that he get humbled and that he stop, unless he can biblically verify something, very easily he needs to stop doing this type of behavior but then again if he's a satanic plant and that's why he's been put there just to throw out some satanic leaven zingers every once in a while to get whatever christians are following him way off track maybe that's why he's been put there maybe he's doing exactly what satan wants him to do okay i, I don't know i don't know I've, I've heard a lot of theories either way that's between him and god but when you attribute one of the most highest wicked things in witchcraft that you could attain that we are forbidden to do in saying that is the holy spirit meaning having your third eye opened that's about as blasphemous as a thing as i can think of saying further and further interconnected to the universe and god here let me let me just back up just a hair so you we can hear that statement again we talked about going to a halloween party where they were taking your blood and said you can't have cell phones yeah, that's not how you open your third eye that's how you open yourself up to demonic low-level stuff if you open up the third eye that's the holy spirit folks then you're you start seeing further and further interconnected to the universe and god and it and then satanists have zero of that and you realize when you're into de devil worship but see how nice he makes it sound he, he's trying to just pontificate over here and act like he's some big scriptural authority on something he knows nothing about or maybe he does maybe he's just a luciferian in, in the in disguise and he's putting out these things by design on purpose have zero third eye zero they all tell you they've got it because they do not have they do so most likely have their third eye open a lot of them do but he's saying it's the holy spirit so the only way evidently in alex jones's world that you can really have the third eye is to have the holy spirit and the holy spirit is the third eye that's what he said he said the holy spirit is the third eye to have that opened up I've never even heard this type of blasphemy about the third eye. I, it's the first time I've ever heard it, ever. And what do you know? It comes from Alex Jones. They are going to take that away from you. And you realize <laughs> they're going to take away your third eye. Eyes, how small you Look are. Look how pathetic they are. These people do not have a third eye that's open. <laughs> yeah, Marina Abramovich with uh, Jay Z there. Oh, man. But Alex, here's what it comes He's showing Abrima Abramovich, the, the high-level Luciferian Satanist that does all that spirit-cooking garbage with Jay-Z. I mean, yeah, they're, they're two high-level Luciferian Satanists. They love to 
you know, sacrifice babies and kill them and drink their blood. True. I'm not, I'm not denying any of that, but you know, they, according to Alex Jones, they don't have the third eye opened, but he does. Comes down to as we come, look up trying to act like they're powerful, all these weak, you imagine being in a room, look at the, just look at the empty weakness of these people. You can feel the resonance of that. That is the lowest level of failure on screen. I want to be as far away from that as possible. It's creepy. I mean, it is really weird and creepy what they're doing, but it's just like, like they're, looking into each other's eyes there's all these people around with cameras i mean it's really evil and creepy that has zero attractiveness to me at all none of it you know where the third eye is is on a mountaintop with your children and your wife it's praising god and saying thank you god for this great creation you gave us thank you for your son that opens the third eye ah as we close this segment okay so see again do you see how the most subtle beast of the field would operate. How, how did he operate in the in the Garden of Eden? Yea, hath God said. God didn't really say that. When you when you eat of the fruit of, of good and evil, you know you'll you'll have your eyes open, or your eye. It's actually translated eye in the Hebrew. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But um, yeah, yeah. That's how Alex Jones rolls. That's the type of stuff, and you got to be really careful. And this is why I tell people just glean um, with these types of people because Alex Jones is um, he is a deceiver, and if he's a closet Luciferian, it wouldn't surprise me one bit, not one bit. I've got too much information on him over the years. Um, be very, very, very careful regarding this devil. Uh, now again i've already went over these but again if alex jones actually believes what he just said there is a way which seemeth right unto a man he seemed convinced of his own weird theology but the end thereof are the ways of death you know he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool proverbs 28 26 and the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it i the lord search the hearts i try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings now what is what is this whole thing about the third eye well let's just do a little mini study on that because i haven't even really got into that yet opening the third eye is a mechanism for demons to come in and this is what alex jones is telling all of his listeners to do and evidently, they don't. The, the bad people don't even have their third eye opened. The really bad Luciferians, according to Alex Jones. Everything the guy said about the third eye was basically the exact opposite. It was a lie. Calling the Holy Spirit the third eye. Saying the high-level occultists don't have their third eye open. But we do if we're you know on a mountaintop praising God or whatever. We have our third eye open. Absolute confusion and madness and insanity and god is not the author of confusion um and we're also going to talk about meditation and symbols of the illuminati the third eye or the inner eye is a metaphysical opening that leads to a higher consciousness now this is what you know they're defining it as a new age symbol of enlightenment the third eye is a psychic ability connected to the occult the main way that one's open one opens himself up to the spirit realm is through meditation it is through meditation that one achieves an altered state of consciousness um meditation or the emptying of one's mind 
via like contemplative prayer or there's other ways you can do it is a doorway to all metaphysical activity transcendental meditation or also known as tm refers to a specific form of silent mantra meditation and the um there's even organizations affiliated with it like the transcendental meditation movement the tm technique involves the use of a of a silently used sound called a mantra well i don't know if it's how could it be a sound and be silent you know how they'll sit in the lotus position okay and you know the classic thing you think of some new ager in a lotus position sitting on a pillow with their with their with their arms and their palms turned up making the okay symbol making the 666 symbol with both hands going om om you know that type of stuff that's like transcendental meditation and that was one of the main main things the beatles brought you know, in the like the late 60s through all their gurus. And that was why they were put in their place to do that because they influenced their listeners just like Alex Jones influences his listeners in a down a very, very new age path. Not only with the new age gurus that they literally followed and promoted, but also with Aleister Crowley, who was on the back of their Sgt. Pepper Lonely Heart Club band album. He was literally a picture of his head is on the back of that album, much like many of the other rock bands of that era okay and going forward so um it's all connected all of that is connected to the third eye the transcendental meditation meditation emptying of one's mind contemplative that type of stuff um new age meditation is derived from eastern or occult methods which seeks to radical transformation of the consciousness this altered state of consciousness leads to an alleged self-realization or spiritual enlightenment which has as its final goal the ultimate reality it doesn't have that but it says it does the ultimate reality the ultimate reality would be the lord jesus christ and father god sitting on the throne ruling the universe the creator you know of the universe so it's not gonna it's not gonna lead you to ultimate reality it's gonna lead you to ultimate deception but they say it's gonna lead you to ultimate reality and the resulting disillusion of the individual personality. A major study on meditation asked respondents to check characteristics of their meditative experience. One description was, I felt a great surge of energy um, around me. Uh, this was the dormant, or this was the dominant characteristic of the meditative experience. This is related to the occult prana or kundalini serpent power. Okay, sorry, I got interrupted there for a sec. Um, going back to where i was at this was the dominant characteristic of the meditative experience this is related to the occult prana you've heard that probably word before it's very new age word prana or kundalini serpent power the serpent represents satan in the bible um this is related to like hinduism and i mean i'm sure a lot of eastern religions uh, in particular millions of people today do not realize that most meditation is occult in nature now, you can meditate on the Word of God, but you're not emptying your mind. You're meditating on the Scriptures. Okay? It's different. The demonic spirits themselves endorse New Age meditation. The books the evil spirits dictate through their human mediums, like Alice Bailey and um, Madame Blavatsky and, and those types of people, that the United Nations endorses and Maitreya endorses and all these 
devils, okay, these books the evil spirits dictate through their human mediums enthusiastically recommend, recommend meditative practices as a means to contact them. Well, what you're doing is you're inviting them into your body. Essentially. You're inviting devils and demons to come in and possess you. You know, when you, when you create this environment for them to come in, they're going to come in. They're going to meet you at your, at your need because you're basically inviting them in. That's what meditation does. Meditation is one of the common methods available for becoming possessed by spirits. Endless numbers of gurus and psychics and mediums and other occultists and even scholarly authorities testify to this. And remember, meditation is the key, one of the main keys to opening your third eye, Alex Jones. But don't, don't confuse him with the facts. His mind is made up. He knows everything. Totally unteachable. You can just tell by the way he, he acts. You know, he's got it all figured out, evidently. Okay, Alex, whatever. One researcher did a background of over 20 different Hindu and Buddhist gurus, and every one of them had been spirit-influenced spirit or possessed, apparently, during a meditative practices. Well, of course. Certain techniques are used to see and direct the serpent power up the spine, the kundalini, through the chakras, which are like the nerve centers or what they call wheels. Here is another description. The kundalini rises and then goes into the brain and then down into the pituitary gland, which awakens the pineal gland, opening the third eye. Yeah, because that's where the pineal gland is near, the, the, uh, like the pituitary in the brain, like in the center of the brain. The third eye is also known as the middle eye of Shiva in Buddhism. Who Shiva? The goddess, the god of destruction. Okay, that's what's in front of CERN. Okay, it's a picture of Shiva, the god of destruction. Kali is Shiva's daughter, and that's the god of death. Yeah, it's good stuff, though. No red flags here whatsoever, Alex. Nothing, you know. Middle, the middle eye of Shiva is, is in Buddhism. In Egypt, it is known as the eye of Horus or the eye of Osiris. In Freemasonry, it is the all-seeing eye. Okay. In India, it's known as the third eye chakra. Uh, the Bindu red dot, meaning I think it's the one that the, the, hin, the uh, Hindu women wear, that red dot is the point or the dot around which the Mandela is created. Because that's where the third eye is associated with. And I like um, kind of above your eyebrows, right in the center of your forehead. That's like the, the third eye. What you would think like a cyclops, like a monster cyclops would look like that's you know where it has the third eye in the center like of the forehead that's kind of where it's associated that so the red dot people okay it's the pointer dot around which the mandela is created representing the universe bindi is known as the third eye chakra and has historical and cultural presence in the greater india area the same one that is found also on our dollar bill okay the all-knowing you know luciferian eye on the pyramid capstone of the of the occult one dollar bill that was at the, I mean you know I've done several studies just on the back per, well on the back and the front but mostly on the back of the one dollar bill just one luciferian symbol after another and the and the greatest of those is the all-seeing eye on top of the of the truncated pyramid on the back of the one dollar bill all-knowing eye of lucifer Okay, that's associated with the third eye as well. This all-seeing eye is surrounded by light. In New Age spirituality, the third eye often symbolizes a state of enlightenment. Isn't that what just Alex Jones was saying? What does Lucifer mean? Light bringer. 
Okay, it's the all-knowing eye of Lucifer. Oh, it's gonna, we're, we're trying to attain this light. But all you're attaining is darkness and deception and lies. But they promise you light, but all you're gonna get is hellfire. All you're gonna get is lies and deception and darkness. The Illuminati, what is that? Well, the Illuminati, what does that mean? Like, like you know, to, to illuminate something, to shed light on something. They claim all these things they're the exact opposite of. The only thing they're going to do is bring you into darkness. They're not going to illuminate you. You're, you're not going to be, you know, all the different degrees in Mesa. Oh, you're going to be more enlightened every degree. No, you just get more demons every degree you go up. Get another layer of demons. Of course Satan would try to deceive people this way. Promises them one thing, gives them the exact opposite. The third eye is often symbolized as a state of enlightenment or the evocation of mental images having deeply personal or spiritual or physiological significance. The third eye is often associated with religious visions, clairvoyance, um, the ability to observe chakras, auras, precognition, out-of-body experiences. Well, yeah, it is. Uh, being able to see demons and devils, probably to a certain extent angels. This is why I have heard that, high, that like witches that have had their third eye open, they know, like I alluded to before, they know what level of Christian is that just by looking at him. Because if you're a like a baby Christian, you'll have a very little flame above your head. If you're really on fire for God, you'll have a big flame. Now that's what they've said. I'm not saying I could show you Bible for that. I'm saying that's what I've read witches say. And if they see a... A lot of times, if they're like by themselves and they're walking toward a Christian on one side of the street and they've got a big flame in it, they'll go to the other side of the street to avoid them. Okay. So um, I've, I've heard that from in a lot of different derivations from people that are involved in the occult. Okay. Can't say I've experienced it personally. I'm just telling you what they've said. All right, so um, the third eye is often associated with religious visions, clairvoyance, the ability to observe chakras, auras, precognition, and out-of-body experiences. People who are claimed to have the capacity to utilize the third eye are sometimes known as seers. Yeah, because they can see into the spirit world. They're not supposed to, but how do they get that power? Well, some of it could be like generational re regarding like a generational witchcraft in the families those spirits are passed down yes they all of a sudden they feel like well i've got this this power that i were that i was born with well yeah it's like a generational curse okay and you can choose to turn to the lord jesus christ get delivered from that or you could choose to cultivate that supposed power which is really a curse and go further into the occult and hone your occult, and then go higher up in the occult hierarchy, it all leads to hellfire in the end. So um, so for today, opening yourself up or opening your third eye, he's saying is the same, the guy writing the article. Um, meaning, you open yourself up. Oh, I'm, I'm going to open myself up in transcendental meditation and, and do the mantra and have the 666 on both hands as I do my little ohm chant and open my mind and I'm just opening myself to any kind of demonic infestation that wants to come in. You're basically saying, come into me, Satan. I'm here. Okay. It is opening a gate between two worlds. Meditation is a sure way of accomplishing this opening of yourself, especially through contemplative prayer. 
this simple, which is why they want to bring contemplative prayer in that that new age practice into the churches, and why it's infiltrated so many of the when I, I would say five hundred one c three Catholic churches in recent years. Yoga has has infiltrated the um, churches in recent years, and yoga again just total total new age, total something we need to stay away from. Open to demonic infestation. I've done tons of teachings on it. Skin yoga. Tantric yoga being the worst. Sex yoga, that's great. Yeah, that's real, that's real, real godly there. Um, and just key that in. I've done tons of studies on that. I've got files on it, the whole thing. I mean, my my mom was way into yoga when I was growing up. I mean, I remember her giving me this book trying to get me to do it. Like, Yoga for Kids. I can't, I can't remember that book. And um, she was so into it. She got one of her friends... Candy, who started her own yoga studio and went all over the world um, doing like learning different like high level forms of yoga. It started her own studio. It was in like near the Fort Myers Beach area where I lived. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I think she's still doing it to this day. You know. I still have contact with her. She's a sweet person, you know. She knows where I stand, you know, in Christianity. And, and you know, she was very loyal to my mom. Very, very loyal. Um, but, you know, my mom had really everything to do with her getting into high-level yoga and then teaching other people. And it's like, oh, man. Knowing what I know now, at the time, I didn't think anything of it because I was unsaved, you know. And that was all going on. Um, so... Yeah, you don't want to mess with yoga either, okay? Any of this new age stuff, you got. we want to stay away from it. The Bible says, come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So, um, going further here, uh, let's see here. Meditation is a sure, okay, this is simply, okay, so contemplative prayer is simply meditation mass with Christian terminology. The fear that accompanies entrance into deep meditative levels is there for a reason. It is a warning from God. Pray daily that the Lord will give you discernment from in these last days of great deception. Which, yeah, we really should be. Again, it's why I say this ministry exists. You know, we're, we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us. Okay? You can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. And you don't want, that's not what God wants for us, okay? So yes, pray daily. The Lord will give you discernment in these last days of great of de great deception. Jesus Christ warned that these were going to be the greatest deceptive days ever in Matthew 24, essentially. Discern the light of the world, Jesus, from the counterfeit light of Satan's enlightenment. Yeah, exactly. And see, good old Jones, the Alex Jones, they're like trying to commingle the two. Trying to get you everybody's head all messed up about the third eye, and you never—if you never heard about it, you say, "Oh, it sounds great. Where do I sign up? Let me research it on the internet." Well, this doesn't sound too Christian, but Jones said it's the Holy Spirit. Can't be doing that, man. No fear of God at all. Many caught up in the spiritual deception and false system are experiencing the darkness, darkest times of their lives. Um, yeah, uh, favor Illuminati. Uh, a favorite Illuminati symbol is the all-seeing eye. It's on the New World Order currency on the back of the $1 American bill. Um, the all-seeing eye below the Illuminati pyramid eye symbol are the words Novus Order Secorum. Well, ab ab above it, it says Anut Coeptus, meaning announcing the birth. 
and then of the New World Order, essentially, Novus Order Secorum. So, and when was the birth? Well, if you look at the bottom of the pyramid, the Roman numerals there add up to the number 1776. Okay? And, well, they'll say, well, that's when the Declaration of Independence was signed and we became a nation as America. Well, it was also when the Illuminati, the modern-day version of the Illuminati, was started on May 1st, Beltane, 1776 by adam weishaupt okay that's what that why those roman numerals on the bottom it's not because that's what we signed the declaration of, but see it gives them a plausible out there oh it just means 1776 so in the declaration of independence no that's not what you're in reference to it was, it was signed on the on a very very high level cult holiday beltane may 1st adam weishaupt and that was when the new world order started announcing the birth a new Coeptus, Novus Order Secorum of the New World Order, essentially. Okay, I know there's some they're saying there's some variations or whatever, but that's essentially what it means, a New Order of the Ages. Okay, and that's when they started in earnest their plan that they're manifesting right now. All this stuff that started that they believe started right then. 1776 Beltane. There's their crowning. What their what was their crowning achievement? They're announcing the birth of the New World Order. What do we have in the picture? We have a pyramid with 13 different levels, 13 being the number of rebellion. We've got the all-knowing eye of Lucifer with all the like the like the light going out from the eye. The all-knowing eye of Lucifer, the eye of Horus or whatever. The, and, and this is the eye that we're trying to attain to achieve ultimate enlightenment. It's with the, you know, the Illuminati, when all it's going to do is get you into hellfire. Well, they're believing that the accumulation of the New World Order, now we're ready to go from the age of Pisces into the dawning of the age of Aquarius, like the one song from the 60s said. We're getting ready to go from the old world order into the new world order, and it's announced on the back of our $1 bill ever since 1776, May 1st, not when the Declaration of Independence was signed. Okay, so... They're telling you right there what they're doing. And they believe that they're right on the cusp of that right now. And this is why they're going for broke and they're pushing all their chips in to get us into the new world order. Where the false price and the antichrist will arise and they're going to institute the mark of the beast. We're not there yet, but we're getting near there. And they're desperate to get us there, Okay. Now, this is from a source from um, John Daniel from a book, Scarlet in the Beast, volume three, pages six and seven. And I'm just going to read you what he's saying. The serpent promised Adam and Eve that their eyes would be opened if they ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But the most foreboding aspect of this scripture emerges from the fact that the Hebrew word for eyes in that particular scripture in Genesis three um, is... The Hebrew word for eyes is not plural, but singular. And I, I looked this up today, and yes, that's true. That is very true. What the serpent actually told Adam and Eve was that their eye would be open. Now, granted, that's if you're if you're going back to the Hebrew. Okay, so um, I, I think they, they I think he makes a decent point there that is plausible. Um, the eye that Scripture wants us to consider is not the physical organ of sight. Well, they already had that. If you think about it, they already, they already could see. Okay, so 
the eye that scripture wants us to consider is not the physical organ of sight, but the eye of the mind or the soul. Now, I don't know if they actually really did, could see into the spirit world. I don't know. I, I, there's no real Bible for that. Basically, it's said that they, they were able to, um, they, they knew the God, knowledge of good and evil and this type of thing. And they realized they were naked and, you know, that type of stuff. Now, maybe there was more to it. I, I do think it's worth noting, though, regarding this. I, I think it's worth mentioning at least, okay? Um, the eye that scripture wants us to consider is not the physical organ of sight, but the eye of the mind or the soul. The singular eye is called the third eye of clairvoyance in the Hindu religion, the eye of Osiris in Egypt, and the all-seeing eye in Freemasonry. Okay, so, I mean, it was forbidden. I mean, God didn't want him to do it. He didn't want him to, you know, Satan said you're going to get your eyes, but if you translate that word in the Hebrew, it means eye opened. I don't know. I don't want to be too dogmatic about that. But it is interesting. It's kind of interesting. Uh, one of the key symbols of the New World Order is the eye. It is through the eye that light or spiritual sense knowledge enters the body. There are 33 different degrees in the Masonic Order. Each new level entitles the participant to acquire additional occult knowledge. And they also get more demons every level. Uh, the eye is symbolic of knowledge kept secret from the public. Hence, the eye is viewed as peering through a peephole, spying on the society which they victimize. Yet society cannot see what the predatory elite occultists are doing and planning for the world. Uh, and then the guy that's writing this article says, I explain much more of this in my article entitled New World Order Occult Images in Contemporary Christian Music because CCM or Contemporary Christian Music is loaded with Illuminati symbolism. Now, I, I before when I had time to do it, when earlier in my ministry, um, you can key in all kind of groups that are in Christian rock, or, or um, you can do Christian music. And you'll probably find my old studies, okay, going all the way back to 06. Um, I haven't really been able to do a lot of updates on those because I just don't have enough time with the current events that are breaking. But he's got a whole article here entitled New World Order Occult Images in Contemporary Christian Music. You can click on that. It'll take you to it if you want to know more about it. Because... Just like they've they've captured guys like the big big high level guys like you know um, Copeland and and um, Billy Graham um, well Franklin Graham in this case and and all the Benny Hens and, and these types of devils that are really nothing more than closet Luciferians just like they've captured them okay um, they've done pretty much the same thing with a lot of the music groups within Christianity okay that are christian rock in particular the ones that that really get away from um that really have a worldly edge to them a lot of those are, are actually actually like luciferians essentially that are just posing just like the pastors pose that are luciferians in the pulpit and, and you know frankly graham you better take the shot or or, or or you're gonna incur god's judgment and all this other stuff acting like they're speaking on behalf of god when they're nothing more than a minister of satan that the bible warns us about well the same thing's going on with the christian music now i'm not saying all but you know it's it's there uh the eye has great spiritual significance in the scriptures referring to one spiritual enlightenment understanding now this will be in the pdf that link for um, September 27, 2021 at contendingfortruth.com. All this information we put up is always free. Going all the way back to 06, all the audios are free. All the 2,000 plus audios, all the, the PDFs that you know I work on the whole week just to get a customized PDF that acts as my template every week. But then you can always go back 
And you have to understand, now more than ever, when I'm covering a report, there's usually, I'm covering like 10% of it. But the actual report that I'm covering, there may be 90% more if you want to explore it more. Okay, I also have a lot of files that I send out regarding different subjects. Okay, and then I, I had, um, I just wanted to put this out there. It's my teachings on, for anybody interested, on the underground bases in western north carolina area which is where i live and um you might say why don't why do i want to know about that because i really believe these underground bases are you know they're all over they're all over the world really and they're different places and they're high level amounts in um western north carolina in the mountains and going into um eastern tennessee in the mountains there great smoky more so there um from Gatlinburg, you know, all the way you know, over, oh man, I don't know, past Asheville and stuff. So we, we see a lot of that. So just some, my, my, my studies I've done on that, I did one on 723.17. I'll just give you kind of the table of contents on some of this Underco undercover U.S., Russian, Chinese military operations from um, 2016 to 2017. A, a lot of foreign troops have been seen in the western north carolina mountains in the eastern great smoky mountains particularly like above or below gatlinburg where they have that world heritage site when well, so much of that those public parks are world heritage sites there's all kind of places in there that are off limits you try to go there you've got all of a sudden like there's a team of like 20 russians that'll show up speaking perfect english and threatening you to get off the public land in in the middle of a public park Okay, this has happened to a lot of people. Um, yeah, a background interview about underground bases, newly exposed underground facility near the Tennessee-North Carolina border, North Carolina's secret survival territory for the elite. Helicopters disappear into and around a North Carolina mountain. I believe that is Mount Mitchell. I took Taylor there not too long ago. Um, and um, it's the highest mountain in north carolina great trip if, if you want to go it's hard to get to um <laughs> my gps took us the most insane way to get there i taylor was i taylor was i think terrified i mean i was really wondering if we were going to make it and i've got a pretty good pretty good vehicle for for that type of terrain and it was hairy i mean it was going up this mountain basically like one lane dirt road rocks i couldn't believe that it took me this way. we finally got there though man alive i couldn't believe it but yeah mount mitchell there's been there's been a lot of reports that that is an actual there's an actual underground base there and that if you you can take you get there to the top, and now I haven't done it yet, but you can take the pass off the top. And I hear if you get off the pass or go too far or whatever, they can have, you can see foreign troops will come up and tell you to go back or whatever. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, Mount Mitchell is cool. They've got, like, a observatory. You kind of walk up this hill, and it's like this spiral thing, and then you can, like, look and you can overlook the whole region because it's the highest peak there and they've got a restaurant up there too it was really good uh like a restaurant slash gift shop but um anyway it's a it's a cool place to visit but yeah there's actually a base there 
And um, we talk about that in these teachings. And then there was another teaching I did, which was part three of that same teaching. And we talk about reports of low-flying Chinooks over Dillsboro, uh, North Carolina. Power plant may supply secret underground facilities, secret bases, use people repellent if you get too near them. Um, man tells secrets of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base on the Travel Channel film to focus on the NC secret facility. And then I also did a teaching on 52116 where we talk about, and I read straight from this book, excerpts from the book, Underground Military Bases Hidden in North Carolina Mountains on part two and three of that. And um, that's a super, super rare book. Uh, you probably can't even find it anymore. Uh, but anyway, I talk about all that there. So if you're interested, those are the teachings. I give you all the links here. There's four different links there. Um, now we're going to get more into the current events. Su supply chain uh, shipping problems. Records getting shattered as boats line up to wait at California docks. This is Dabu 7. Looking at the supply chain chaos that is happening around the globe... And this looks to be something that is heavily orchestrated here. It looks like a lot of the world leadership is in on this. And a lot of the goods coming out of China, getting snagged out there first. Once they do get to the United States, they have to sit in queue. And then if they do get unloaded, some of those containers are just sitting in areas. Mountains of containers are stacking up, like in Chicago. We have witnessed... The West Coast ports of the United States see an increase of boats that are just sitting in the water. They have now shattered a record. Just a couple weeks ago, it was at 40, and they were talking about the record. Here just yesterday, as we had seen, it was at 61 and potentially still climbing as of today. A record amount of boats just sitting in the water off the coast of California. And everyone wonders where their goods are? It's because of the scam that you're at. That's what this whole thing boils to. We're being choked off. Can you not see this? That's what's happening by design. Okay? And so that you know, when it comes to sending these 40-foot containers across the ocean, it used to cost mm, right around 2000 Today, it's as much as twenty-five grand. You don't think leadership doesn't know this? You don't think things could be done to fix this? Oh, yeah, there could be. It's because of who is in control of all this and running the show. I'm going to break this down. For okay, so I wanted just to kind of just give you some more confirmation there regarding the supply chain issues. Uh, a lot of this being absolutely, absolutely orchestrated, done by design to create these problems. They don't even need to exist, but they're going to go out of their way to create them. Uh, this was an, a report from March 5th of this year, so it's a little bit dated, but it's just as applicable. Biden administration pushing for massive federal land grab. Just a few days into office, uh, Joe Biden released a flurry of executive orders, among them being Executive Order 14008, which was the tackling the climate crisis at home and abroad executive order. Contained in that order is a 30 by 30 program, a radical and aggressive push forwarded by environmental and climate change activists to put 30% of the land and water in the United States under permanent supposed protection by 
2030. And this is all about creating the, the you know, those just taking away more and more and more land and forcing people into the cities and into the stack and pack apartment complexes and stuff um, where, you know, you can be easily controlled. This is what this is all about. But what 30% of land will the states and private landowners be forced to hand over? In Nebraska, where 97% of the state is privately owned, um, that number is especially alarming. Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts joined 16 other state governors on February 22nd of this last year here, of this year, I should say, uh, to warn Biden against the potential federal overreach. In that, he said, Nebraska farmers and ranchers are our state's original conservationists. They work day in and day out to cultivate the land and manage water they've known for generations in a way that helps grow our state. With the new administration taking office, Nebraskans should be on the lookout in their communities for attempts by federal agencies and their partners to regulate land and water use. Well, you saw that video I played the other day, or I don't know, two or three weeks ago, regarding these notices these farmers were getting and they were pretty much universally just going along with whatever they were told to do you know plow your crops under if you don't do it we're going to do this to you and i'm like i don't care just like the vaccine mandates don't comply your compliance is making all this happen if if massive numbers of the farmers just stop complying what are they going to do you know but if everybody complies and just plows their crops right under, and then obviously then what you're going to have is shortages and, and skyrocketing prices, which is another way they're, they're, you know, breaking the supply chains down. In addition to what we just heard from Dabu7 about the uh, container ships circling the coast, circling off the coast, not coming in, it's all being done by design on purpose to destroy this country. The last piece of the Illuminati that really needs to fall in order for them to implement the New World Order, which is America. And that's why they're hyper-focusing in on it, it seems at least. But the farmers were pretty much just going along with what they were told. They, they were appalled by it, but they were going along with it. I'm like, that's not good enough. <laughs> Don't go along with it. Don't comply. Massive non-compliance with the vaccine, kill shot, COVID agenda issue, with what anything they tell you to do that's unrighteous. The one guy was literally dumping a whole truckload of like oil he just pumped out of the ground right back onto his property. I'm like, are you insane? Well, if they told you to go out and blow your brains out, are you going to do that too? You're going to contaminate your land and it's not even going to be fit to grow crops now. You're dumping oil you just pumped out of the ground right back on the road that you're going to drive on every day and there's crops on both sides of it, which is what he was doing. Like, what, what are you doing? I, I just, I don't know. I guess I, th I see things a little differently than most people. Um, so this ends by saying, stand-up property rights advocate Margaret Byfield is an executive director of the American Stewards of Liberty and daughter of the sagebrush rebel Wayne Haig the man behind the first federal lands grazing case in the United States Courts of Federal Claims. Her organization is americanstewards.us, americanstewards.us. I'll give you a link here in the PDF. And offers an email newsletter with the latest developments and information on the 30 by 30 plan. And then I give you a link to that website. It's called thefencepost.com.
thefencepost1word.com, but there's a link here as well. Okay, so going further. Now, I entitled this part, Take with a Grain of Salt, but pray. Dave Hodge's Intel. New ruling party getting ready to turn out the lights and commit and commence the purge. Explain to you. Now, it's a, it's a long article, but this is really the part I wanted to cover or that I thought was the most important. There's new information that has surfaced. According to Dave Hodges, Paul Preston called me, which is one of his sources, called me late last night to tell me that his best military source says the purge in the country will commence and start on October 2nd. Now, I'm not a date setter. And I'm sure Dave said things before, and I know Steve ha Steve Quayle has, and a lot of these other guys have basically given specific date time frames and nothing happened in those time frames at all. Okay, so bear that in mind. This is why you, you're not going to see me like rarely ever do date setting okay but i also felt as though if this did happen and i said nothing and nobody was praying about it and maybe if it doesn't happen it will be because people are praying about it okay so i felt like as a watchman i still needed to at least devote five minutes to this okay because here's the bottom line well here let, let, let me go through this first and then i'll say that um, his best military sources say the purge in this country will commence on October 2nd and will end on October 15th. Now, how, how in the world can they know when it's going to end? Well, like, they're going to they're gonna get everybody they want to get within this basically a two-week time frame? How would they know that? How could they know that they're going to do everything they need to do in that two-week time frame? That's ridiculous. The people deemed to be the biggest threat to this Bolshevik coup are disaffected military i.e. the vaccine refusers. They are considered by the left to be the ones most likely to bring armed resistance against this takeover. Okay, I could understand that to a certain extent, sure. There are those insider sources I speak with who believe that disaffected military will be the ones to be dealt with first. On the heels of this purge against patriotic so soldiers will be the final solution enacted against alternate media sources, like me. Okay, or I guess Dave Hodges or Alex Jones or Steve Quayle or those types. Okay, let me remind you that almost two weeks ago I was shown a partial list of alternative media figures. I believe it was 300 of them. I don't know if I was on there or not. I imagine I would be. To be dealt with before and before and after the economic collapse? I don't know. It says before and the economic collapse. So. He was saying that they're going to come after the alternative media voice so that all of our voices are silenced at once. Now, what that would be kind of, you know, like the night of the long knives that they had in Nazi Germany to go in there and purge out, I believe, the, uh, was that when they purged out the, the brown shirts or, I don't know, one, one faction of the Nazis that they didn't believe would be loyal to their cause? So this is what they're basically talking about, the night, night of the long knives for people like me, okay? Uh, the way that these events don't happen is if key military people resist these planned persecutions. If every Christian got on bended knee and repented, this would have a greater effect, obviously, yeah. However, I'm not holding my breath. Well, again, I'm saying this just because whether this is true or not, you got to believe that this is part of their plan. you got to believe that they're going to come after, you know, the um, 
the military that are not loyal, you know, to their satanic Luciferian cause. The, I mean, anybody that has any kind of righteous stance or bent to them at all that are on their radar in any way, shape, or form. Okay, they would be coming after. But I would imagine, yes, at the top of the list would be them and, and the people in the alternative. Because they, they want, if they could shut all the alternative media off overnight, and, and then they've only got their lone satanic minions up there putting out all their lies with no other, you know, nothing to challenge that. So I, 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 I you know, I imagine that's been on their uh, list of things to do for a lot of years. Doesn't mean that, you know, they're going to get away with it. You know, Satan has his plan. God has his plan. But again, a lot to pray about. Wanted to at least put that out there regarding um, prayer. Uh, then the next one is threats, mandates, and coercion. How should we biblically respond? Pastors Matt Trehilla and Sam Rower. Um, this is an 11-minute clip from an interview of Matt Trewilla and on the Stand in the Gap radio show. But it's it's from an actual 48-minute interview. That If you want to listen to that, you can do that. I'll give you the link to both of those. Um, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate is demonstrated by the interposition of lesser civil authorities. When the superior authority, like a governor or federal judiciary acts lawlessly it is the duty of the lesser magistrates to interpose and not obey meaning like stand in the gap and not obey their unlawful actions the lesser magistrate doctrine was first formalized by christian men in 1550 but has also been seen in non-christian nations showing it is natural to man uh, to stay informed um and they give all their contact information here so i'm going to go ahead and just play this clip here You've written a book called The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates, which goes into much detail. Okay, so that's, I believe, Pastor Sam Rower, and he's he's talking to Matt Trujillo, Trujillo um, the other pastor. On this. So I want to give you a broader question here as we work in this segment. As it relates to this program focus, threats, mandates, and coercion, the biblical response, can you describe, let's go here first, the biblical duty of those in positions of authority when a higher authority mandates some evil policy? Does that make sense? Go ahead, Matt. Absolutely. Yeah, their duty, Sam, is interposition. They are to stand in the gap, um, putting themselves between the people and the oppressor. And when it comes to the Word of God, the standard has always been when the state commands that which God forbids, or forbids that which God commands, we are to obey God rather than the state. We are to obey God rather than man. Matt, Matt, if I can, go yep. back and restate what you just said. Those two things, I want people to grab what you said, what God says, and repeat that again. Sure. When the state commands that which God forbids, or forbids that which God commands, okay. we are to obey God rather than man. And when it comes to the lesser magistrates, they apply that standard to their office. So that's first and foremost. For example, the superior authority says you, um, the preborn are to be murdered. The lesser authorities, their duty is interposition. Right. They should say at the state, county, and local level, no, no preborn babies will be murdered here. But there's also another reason for the lesser authorities to oppose the superior authority. And that's when the superior authority goes beyond their lawful limits 
If they go beyond their lawful limits, then they are to be resisted. So when Biden says, for example, vaccines are mandated, we have to understand he has no more authority to mandate that vaccines be had than he does to mandate that the moon be made of cheese. When you look at Article 2 of our Constitution, which delegates authority to the president, you'll see that everything Biden did the other week regarding mandated vaccines, he has no authority to do whatsoever. And so if your employer tries to say, well, you need to get vaccinated now because the president has said blah, 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 you need to stand your ground and you need to say, no, he has no authority, according to our Constitution, to mandate vaccinations. And you need to fight against that. Teach your employer what's right. When it comes to the lesser authorities, when it comes to mandated vaccines by our president, um, they must protect the people. At the state level, they should pass laws protecting the people. And they should also do it at the county level. And we're seeing counties do that because states haven't been doing it for the most part. And so counties across America have been putting forth resolutions and making clear that vaccine passports will not be tolerated in their area. And this matter, Sam, of limits, the limits of the authority are vastly important. Thomas Jefferson said this. He said, if those who administer the general government, talking about the federal government, be permitted to transgress the limits fixed by the compact, talking about the U.S. Constitution, by a total disregard to the special delegations of power therein contained, annihilation of the state governments and the erection upon their ruins of a general consolidation government will be the inevitable consequence. So the very first thing people have to understand biblically is he has gone outside his biblical limits, President Biden has, and he's also gone outside his constitutional limits. And therefore, he should not be obeyed on that. Okay, we got to get another question in here, but I want you to have a quick follow-up on this. Because for a person in a position of authority, I've been in office for many years. I'm not now, obviously, but I was. There are many who I still communicate to and say, well, you know what? We are here. We've got to do what the higher authority says because they're the ones who are in charge. You're saying that, no, that is not true. So how should that person in authority, how can they determine that there is a higher authority than the one, in this case, the president or someone else? Identify that, please. Well, the ultimate authority is God himself. And so he has established three great governments, family government, church government, civil government. Anyone in positions of authority are to govern according to his rule. When they abuse their authority, they are to be resisted and opposed in hopes that they will regain themselves and understand the limits of their authority and also govern properly. By the way, the three great governments of family, church, and civil government are meant to produce within the individual the fourth great government, which is self-government. Excellent. Let me go right there, Matt, just because of time. That was the question I'm going to have. Let's go there now. Now we're talking the individual. You have an individual who now has this application and says, what should they do? What should the individual do under this rubric if the state says something to them and they don't have the benefit of 
the state legislature, for instance, protecting them. And I know many guys are in office right now are saying, well, what are we to do? Ultimately, it's what the people do. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. There's two things that the private citizen, the individual, can do. Number one, he has a duty to prod his magistrates, his state, county, and local officials to do their duty and interpose. He must prod them to do it. And he has to assure them that if they do interpose, do do their duty, that he will stand with them in his prayers, in his person, in his property, both publicly and privately. Secondly, the individual has a duty to stand resolute and not go along with all the evil that is taking place. And so this may cost them their job. This may um, bring them into litigation, um, which will benefit others down the road um, because they take a stand. If people do not take a stand, it aids and abets evil in the land, Sam. Men must stand resolute. And it's our love to Christ and neighbor that gives us the strength of heart to do so. And we must do so in this hour. They're just going to keep building the next plank of their tyranny. Started with masks, now it's vaccines, next vaccine passports. On down there, it's a total totalitarianism, authoritarianism that is immensely evil, as Jamie said at the beginning of the show. Hmm. Thanks so much. Ladies and gentlemen, can I just share something? If you're listening and you are in a position of authority, maybe you're a school board member, maybe you are a local sheriff, maybe you are a legislature or whatever. Remember, particularly if you say you fear God, you have an obligation to God yourself, because Romans 13 says you are his minister, you're his disciple. You're going to give an answer to God in your capacity. Number two, all of those in those positions have also taken an oath to support and to defend the Constitution which is very clear on all of these issues. So there are two promises, one to the people and one to God himself. So when things come down that challenge those things, man or woman who's listening to me right now, how are you going to fulfill those promises by standing in the gap and doing exactly what Pastor Matt Truella just said? Resisting evil authority because higher authority, God's moral law, and in our case, our civil constitutional law, prohibit it. There we go. That's about as simple as you can make it, but it's key. We have to understand it. When we come back, I'm going to talk with Jamie now more specific. Okay, so amen to that. Okay, so the next report is entitled, Dr. Artis Interviews Attorney Thomas Rents, and that's the attorney that's uh, suing regarding all the deaths that are happening regarding the, the COVID kill shot. Uh, this is entitled, If You've Been Wondering What You Can Do to Take Legal Action When Your Loved One Has Been Affected by COVID-19 or ICU in Hospital Treatment Protocols, you need to watch this episode. So I'm going to play the pertinent parts because, you know, this may be something that could be uh, very, very valuable um, regarding this particular subject. So let's go ahead and listen to this. It's going to be phenomenal. We've got some information for every family in America. We've got Thomas Renz in the house for the first segment. Stay tuned. We're so glad that you're here. We hope you learned something. If you're watching this recorded, God bless you and your family. Uh, if you have not seen it yet, I just need you to be aware there have been heavy hearts, heavy minds on behalf of a lot of us who are actually trying to educate and awaken all those individuals to real applicable information they can use to improve the outcomes of their loved ones in hospitals, the outcomes of those at at home who may be struggling during this period of a pandemic surrounding COVID-19 or any issues therein. 
So this is the point of the Dr. Artist Show is to inspire you and enlighten you. And I just want you to know it's become very heavy. It's become a burden to a lot of us doctors who are trying our best to answer the call of all individuals in this country and around the world. Around the world, thousands of you every week are writing in to me, and not only me, to stand in as a patient advocate for your loved ones in ICUs who are being treated right now maliciously and ill-advised. And we've gone through that. You should know my stand right now on how they're treating patients for COVID-19 or Delta variants in hospitals. I find it disgusting and murderous, actually. If any of you have a loved one in ICUs, I need to reiterate this, and you missed our show from last week. Last week, I had a special guest, Michelle Routon, R-O-W-T-O-N. She is a private patient advocate and a neonatal nurse for the last 20 years. If you go to brideon.tv and watch my September 1st, which was Wednesday, last Wednesday, watch the September 1st dated video. Michelle Routon takes you through the chain of command in every hospital, every hour of a hospital actually, who's in the chain of command starting on business day, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. in hospitals, who you're gonna talk to first, who you're gonna call on, who you're gonna ignore as a patient advocate for your loved one in ICUs to get the doctor's attentions, the hospital administrator's attentions, so you can fight and defend your loved one in ICUs. Thousands of you are reaching out to us. Thousands of you are reaching out to attorneys. Thousands of you are reaching out to chiropractors, acupuncturists, anybody in the health sphere. Go watch this video. She gives you exactly step-by-step step, who you need to talk to, what conferences you need to call, what threats you need to give them, even in the ways of legal, to get the attention of the administrators to step in and change these murderous protocols that your loved ones are going through. I will repeat it here just real quick. There are three things every ICU is doing to your uh, Sorry, there's some weird stuff going on with the audio on his end. I, I can't do a lot about it, though. I just wanted to let you know loved ones in hospitals right now, and I've tried to warn everybody to stay away from them. The ICUs are where they are killing your loved ones with a cocktail of three drugs, remdesivir, dexamethasone, and vancomycin. And I dare any of you to challenge that narrative. We are having people one after another every day emailing to me the reports, medical reports and records of their loved ones since April of 2021, who were all dying on the same cocktail. It causes acute kidney failure, floods their lungs with water, and they're drowning your loved ones to death. You have got to get in there at all costs and change the treatment protocol. Early treatment is always safest. Go back to the September 1st video and please watch it here on brideon.tv. And that's with Michelle Routon. Learn how to be a patient advocate and take those steps right now. Now I've brought in this week for this first segment, Thomas Renz out of Ohio. He is the powerhouse attorney. Many of you know who he is. But just yesterday, we were on a phone call, and I said, is there anything else we can do, even from a legal standpoint, that allows us to step in as loved ones to challenge what they're doing to make any possible change to the treatment protocols or additions so that we can improve the likelihood that your loved one will come out of the ICU? Joining us today is Thomas Renz, and Thomas Renz is going to be with us for the next 18 minutes. Thomas, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for coming on this morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great. You told me uh, the last 24 hours have been extremely busy for you. You've got some some new things coming up this week and some hearings coming up on Friday. Thanks for taking the time today on Wednesday to join us. Now, Thomas, can you please convey to my audiences there was one thing I, th I thought was miraculous. We can hint on this. There's some other things you want to touch on. 
But I asked you yesterday on the phone, what can we do from a legal standpoint for all of these people who are flooding our emails, including yours? I know they are. They're flooding our emails every day, asking us to stand in and help change or save their loved ones in a hospital. There is one thing disgusting that I experienced in February 2020 with my own father-in-law. They denied, even though I asked them to, and they told me they would, then had security kick me out on day six of treatment of my father-in-law for the flu. They, I actually demanded them to actually put a, a feeding tube in or a G-tube in to give this guy nourishment. They said they would after they, they told me they would do that. Once they called security and kicked me out, they still, I made them promise to me that they would do that because for three days they had denied him any nutrition. So I said, you have to feed this guy. If you It's just a murder factory at this point the covid the covid icu wards and now i'm not saying everybody's in the in there working in them are all murderers but if they're doing as they're told uh most likely they're you know it's a murder factory because they're trying to kill as many people as possible it's as i've said before it's no big deal it's just premeditated mass global genocide which is what the whole covid agenda is all about dehydrate the, the body or undernourish the body it's going to fail after i left the, the actual hospital administrators and attending doctors convinced my wife's family not to do the g-tube not to feed my father-in-law and over the next three days he died so anything in the way of improving life or health for your I mean, why would they do that unless they're trying to kill them individuals in icus to give them the best chance they need water they need food you have to you cannot live without food or water so this is one of those things we talked about yesterday thomas renz can you please touch on some of the things we talked about yesterday what are some real action steps loved ones can take there's thousands of them around the world right now currently struggling trying to figure out how to intervene or improve possibly the outcomes for their loved ones in hospitals yeah, so I mean, this is really, it's disgusting. It's beyond words, right? They're starving people to death. So along with poisoning them with these drugs that you've talked about endlessly, and you're dead on, I mean, they're just killing people right and left with them. Uh, the other thing that nobody realizes is that a lot of these people are being starved to death. You see them losing five, 10 pounds in the first few days. Why is that? Well, they're not getting any nutrition. Now, you, you'll see them put you on a uh, feeding tube or, I'm sorry, an IV, and people think, well, the IV is going to give you what you need, except for they're not putting any calories in that IV. If you're not getting any calories through that IV, you're not eating, right? If they don't have a feeding tube in or calories through the IV, you're not being fed, so they're starving you to death. And if your body's too weak from no nutrients, you know this, all my doctors are telling me this. I mean, we know I'm not a doctor, I'm a lawyer, but, you know, you don't have to be a doctor to know if you don't eat, you're weak. And if you get weak and you're sick, well, you're more likely to die. So this is really one of the most egregious things ever. Now, I did come up with a, a little uh, added thing for you between yesterday and today uh, in all of my spare time. One of the other things that I want people to watch for is I want you to watch for the words palliative care, okay? Palliative care, When what they're doing is a lot of times they'll take someone who's still got a good chance of turning it around and they're saying, we wanna put them on palliative care. <laughs> It'll keep them comfortable. Okay, palliative care in a hospital means preparing you for death. If you let them put your loved one on palliative care, it basically means that they've, they're gonna quit trying to treat your loved one in any way, shape, or form, and they're just gonna prepare them to die. Yeah. So once you put them on palliative care, the odds of them turning around are roughly zero. It's really a bad thing. So you have got to advocate for your loved ones. They're killing people in the hospitals right and left, and they're doing it 
because Fauci and his crew of monsters, these garbage scumbags at NIH and CDC, they, they're pushing these protocols that basically give the hospitals cover to murder people yeah. because then they can drive up the death numbers from what's essentially the flu, right? So you've gotta, gotta fight for your loved ones and do not let them go on to palliative care unless it's, you know, you're ready for them to die. If you feel like it's, you know, that's where they're at, well, that's a personal decision between you and the doctor, but understand what that is. They're, they're treating that patient, don't let them lie to you. Palliative care is not, we're gonna make your, your, you know, your mother, sister, brother better. It's we're gonna get them ready to die comfortably. So make sure you understand that. Um, Can I touch on that real quick? Let me touch on that real quick. So palliative care would be something like, we're gonna put your loved one on hospice. There's nothing else we can do. We're just gonna try to let them go peacefully and just attend to them once or twice a day at home. This is what hospice is. Or in the relationship to my father-in-law, after they had security kicked me out of the hospital, convinced my family not to do the things they told me in front of them they would do, like give him nourishment, like take him off of vancomycin, like continue to put him on Lasix to get the added water out of his body from shutting down his kidneys with an antibiotic for the flu, which is never warranted by the way, which is just a hospital protocol. What they told my family then was, you need to be prepared. Your dad, even if you tried to get him out of this hospital, he won't make it in an ambulance ride back to his home. This is what they said. It's time to consider the inevitable, the palliative care. You need to consider putting him on a morphine drip, (laughs) which will help reduce his pain and let him go. This is their attempt in hospitals, by the way, at palliative care. Never, never in the history of, of the modern day medical pharma cartel has, have the hospitals been turned into such literal, evil, wicked murder centers as they are now. Now, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying everybody in there is participating in that. Um, I'm not saying everyone that works at hospital is collectively responsible, but again, there's a lot of compliance with people that work in these, and they, and it's just like when, you know, the, um, the uh, guards during like the Nuremberg trials or whatever, where they said, well, I was just following orders. That's not going to, that's not going to um, cut it when you stand before God. You always do what's right. Okay. You always do the righteous thing, no matter what the consequence, especially something so gigantic as this, where people are dying. Well, I got to maintain my paycheck. So, you know, I'm just going to go along to get along and, you know, if, uh, you know, to make an omelet, you got to crack a few eggs. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, 100 people need to die on my watch in order for me to get a paycheck. Well, you know, I got to do what I got to do. And I was just following orders. That is not going to cut it before God. And most likely you're on your way to hellfire. Now, I'm not saying I'm calling out my listeners. I'm just saying anybody that would participate in this, knowing having any kind of half a brain in their head, they're, they're, they know something wrong is going on. Putting, giving them saline, giving them all these cocktail of, I mean, doing all these things, putting them on a ventilator to blow out their lungs, seeing people die after die after, you know, they just keep dying. Mass compliance makes this whole satanic, luciferic machine go round. 
And that includes the nurses and the doctors and everybody participating in this global stinking genocide. It's, it's, I mean, this is total insanity what we're talking about here. This is absolute premeditated mass global genocide on a scale we've never known. Yet they act like they're the good guys when they are literally Satan incarnate doing this. Morphine, by the way, for everybody listening. Morphine is what they use in ICUs, not as palliative care. This is how they kill and murder your loved ones because morphine, look it up, is an opioid. Opioids paralyze the diaphragm and stop your loved one from breathing. And over time, over a two to four hour period, which is what they're going to do with morphine drips, that morphine is going to paralyze the heart's ability to beat and you will die. This is what their palliative care is. It's not palliative care. If you're annoying enough, they want to kill him to get rid of you out of the hospital because you're becoming annoying. There's no bigger time for you to become annoying. If you watched my last uh, show on September 1st with Michelle Routon, she had to fight to get her dad out of a hospital during COVID. They said he was just going to die and they were going to put him on palliative care. Her dad was in a hospital an hour and a half away from Dallas. She drove an hour and a half and threw a fit. And the actual nighttime individual supervisor said, can we just wait till in the morning to get your dad out of here? And she said, no, I didn't drive here an hour and a half to wait till in the morning. We're taking him now. So prepare him to leave now. So Michelle Routon drove her dad and got a hospital ambulance to actually deliver him back to Dallas, Texas, where his, her dad lived and was able to survive with different treatment. And I asked her, what kind of mentality do you have to have as a loved one to get these hospitals to listen to you? And she said, I had to be a raging B word. Yeah. And this is what you have to become. Yep. It's true. If you're not going to stand up yep. for the last few days of your loved one's life yep. that your doctors are telling you and in your gut, you know, is not right or true. You need to become a defender of that loved one's life. Amen. They've got them. Intimate. Amen. Uh, I mean, and this goes on to the 45-minute mark, and, and I give you the link there if you want to listen to the rest of it. But, I mean, I, again, I'm just time constraints. But that's the main thing I wanted you to hear. You need to be a thorn in the side of Satan if you're going to be a patient advocate. And, and you know, that may, that may involve, um, if you're in that position, that may involve you becoming um, someone that is not, you know, Guy Smiley. Okay, um, it's like when, you know, Jesus rebuked the money changers, you know, he drove them out with a whip and this type of thing. You may have to go there. I mean, I don't mean like getting like physical with somebody, but I'm talking about being extremely uh, whatever, however you feel so led. And I don't mean cussing or freaking out. I'm just talking about, you know, doing what it takes to get your loved one out of there. You would want them to do the same thing for you. And this is, they're trying to kill them. So you have to, you have to get that in your mind. They're actively trying to kill them. They want to get them on that vent so they get that extra 39000 That's how they're making a ton more money. Okay. So understand their motivative factors. A lot of them are Luciferians that are in charge of these programs. They want to see deaths. They view them as deaths to Lucifer. And I mean that literally. And then they're also getting... All the more money, the more these horrific treatments they're doing with the remdesivir and these other things that he's mentioning. And then the ventilators. 
So they're highly motivated, not only by Satan, but also the monetary issue. That should make you mad. That should make you righteous, indignant, which is an attribute of God. So this is, this is the state and where we find ourselves in, in this wonderful world we're living in right now. Unbelievable. I, I never even thought I would report on things this insane in, in this ministry. The next report is entitled, Police, San Jose, California, Police Officer Quits Over Vaccine Mandates. Uh, he said, I decided to turn in my badge so I can speak up. And, and again, this is all about the mass non-compliance. You know, no matter what the cost, you do what's right. A former Navy SEAL sounding the alarm on hundreds of Navy SEALs quitting over these max, uh, vaccine mandates. And it's not just happening in the military. this is on Fox News. Terry, law enforcement members are, members are also fighting back, including a veteran police officer out in California who hung up his badge over the vaccine requirement for all city employees. David Gutierrez served nearly 30 years in the San Jose Police Department, and he joins us now with more on his decision. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. And, uh, I just want to yes. thank God for giving me the strength to step out of my comfort zone, and, and thank you for the opportunity to speak. Oh, well, you know, thank you so much for coming on. It's an important topic, and thank you for your service out there. Why, tell us why you decided to hang up your badge. Uh, well, when we received an email saying that uh, you're going to have a vaccine by a certain date or face discipline up to including termination, um, and I took it as a threat and because I don't plan to be vaccinated, and... Uh, I decided to turn in my badge so I can speak up because others can't for fear of losing their job. Sergeant, how hard of a decision was that? Ah, uh, very difficult, especially after, you know, serving for that many years and, and putting on the uniform uh, so many times. The, the last time I put it on, it's, you know, it's emotional. You're being forced to leave your job because you don't want to get this vaccine. Are you, are you alone in this, in your department? <laughs> I'm definitely not alone. There's several hundred people throughout the city that, that back this. And it's unfortunate uh, because they were doing weekly testing for a very short period of time before they moved on to this mandate. And while most people don't want to do weekly testing, it, it, they would much rather do that and keep their job than, than be forced to get a, a vaccination. And the, the mayor had said that it, this was done to protect the employees and the population, but the thing is, they're not testing the vaccinated employees. And we all know that vaccinated people can get the virus and spread it without knowing even. So that doesn't seem right. And he also had said that the percentage uh, went up from 82 to 85%, and he had said that the strategy is working and if the strategy is to force people to decide whether to have a livelihood or get the vaccine that's not something to be proud of i know that your department's already understaffed so if so many people quit that's going to be detrimental to the community when they call 911 and there aren't enough officers to come to their rescue all by design to create the order out of chaos all by design when they bring in the un troops and those types of people well they'll, they'll have the, our own police departments will be totally depleted i again this is all part of the plan or aid i know you're not an anti-vaxxer you just don't want to get it you don't want to be forced to put something in your body for religious reasons what are you going to do next how will you make money 
haven't even thought about that. Um, you know, I, I am retired. I, I have a my retirement. Um, I, w I was after I retired, I became the reserve because I was making extra money, and I don't know if we could always say extra because you know we all get enough just to pay the bills. But right. I, I mean, I'll find some way, and it's it's really money's not important to me right now. It's this cause and and my uh, other people in the group and, and it's not just police officers it's it's our dispatchers it's people in every other city uh, function and like you said they they're very understaffed um, you can't find qualified people and also you can't lose these people who have been here for so many years you're not losing just a person you're losing all of that experience as well yeah do you feel defeated abandoned who do you blame for this I don't feel defeated at all because I have strength, I have faith, and I know that it's going to turn out right because, you know, I, I believe that God's leading me in this direction and mm -hmm. we're going to win he in is. the end. Have you thought about moving and going to an area where you don't have to be vaccinated? <laughs> yeah, I would be lying if I said that hasn't crossed my mind. Um, but it's, there's so many other things right now that are, are important here mm -hmm. um, that I would not move on before they're taken care of. Real quickly, David, why did you serve? I, I served because I had a skill set that was turned out to be really good for that. Um, just enjoy talking to people. Really, we all say we want to serve the community. I, I really did enjoy that. I, I like to help people. I like to fight for the victims. Um, that I worked in so many different units uh, just so I can, you know, serve people in many different capacities, and I enjoyed it. Wow. Well, you have a, a skill to protect the community that you love so much, and I'm really sorry that you're not going to be able to do that anymore, but I know your faith will get you through this, and you'll find something else. God bless you. Uh, God bless you, too. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Sergeant. What a good dude. Just got a really good sense from that guy. Um, that is, yeah, uncharacteristic interview on Fox. <laughs> I was a little surprised there, okay? God bless him. Um, the one's doing that. Anyway, I'm, I'm uh, way over time for this part. I'm going to go to part two next, so God bless you, and see you in part two.